This is a Rooster Teeth production. It's been a while since we've been back. We had two non-canon episodes. Thank you. Yeah, this is episode 17, our 21st episode. Yes, exactly. Uh, last episode was Civil Goat Coffee with Jason. Um, Telling you, don't trust a civil goat. Yep. Yeah, talked about um, Trudy's Grand Slam, uh, being Canadian overseas, uh, Narbacular Drop, uh, flying to Long Island, or flying out of Long Island, <laughs> um, the Katsukon Handler, and uh, Jeff hitting a deer. So that was all previous topics, but now um, it's up to you to do this episode. Uh, <laughs> have we, we haven't done Easy Tiger before. Um, good morning, Gus. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah, good morning, morning, Eric. We're, uh, we're at the Easy Tiger down in South Lamar. I've never been to this location. Um, there, uh, So we haven't done Easy Tiger, right? I'm not crazy. I don't think we've done Easy Tiger. We've not no. done Easy Tiger, no. The, this is an interesting location because, you know, of course, they started downtown uh, on 6th Street. Yeah. Uh, which I love that place, but it's a terrible location. It's just hard to get in and out yeah. of. I don't uh, think, is it there anymore? No, it's I don't gone. think so. It's gone. Uh, so, but when I think of Easy Tiger, I think of the one that's a little more central, like the one over at the old Lincoln Village. Um, I, I guess this used to be a different place, and now it's an Easy What's Tiger What's the Lincoln Village? Where's that? They call it the Link now. Remember, it used to be Lincoln Village. Oh, Lincoln Village. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. is that why it's called that? That's yeah. where the. Um, it used to be called Lincoln Village Shopping oh. Center, and then they hipped it up that's, a few years ago and changed it to the Link. That's where the uh, the AFS Cinema. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I saw I saw Train Spotting at that movie when it theater I, when it came out. I saw Titanic when it opened at that theater. Oh yeah, it's funny. <laughs> huh? Uh, man, that was like in ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah. yeah, it was a while ago. It, I always liked that place because it was um, it was like a outdoor shopping, like a outdoor shopping mall kind of area, um, and uh, or like strip mall kind of area. And then they had a, a movie theater, but it was split between two locations. So you could you'd have to go buy a ticket over on the left side, and then yeah. if your movie was on the right side, you had to like walk a half a block over. <laughs> it was so weird. It was really weird. Uh, they, they do. Though they, I guess now it's the the AFS Cinema, but for a long time it was just like a an open space and they would do like a Christmas bazaar there like the Armadillo Christmas Bazaar oh is that where it was yeah it used to be in there I've never and it was been to that. so weird because you'd be walking around like buying you know local handmade shit it was like it's obvious it's very clear this is a theater you've just taken the seats out <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned that this used to be someplace else just for posterity's sake uh, this is the Easy Tiger on South Lamar this used to be a place called Red's Shed or Red's, Red's Backyard, backyard. I never, or I never like went that. there but yeah it, Bernie liked it a lot. And oh. I, I went here a few times with Bernie. Um, it was like his, it was a spot that he really enjoyed. It was fine. It was whatever. It was just like you'd sit upstairs and you had like a view of, uh, I, I guess, the woods. Okay. Yeah. Well, looking this way in the park from the parking lot, it looks like you're out west to the hill country. Yeah. Austin's interesting because it feels like 35 runs right down a part of Texas where it divides Texas geography. We're like going east to 35 is like you're getting down to the coastal plains, and then you start going west, and you leave from here. If you look west, you start to see the hills uh, forming, going out to the hill country. Um, it's 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 weird how different it is and how quickly it makes that change right here. I was talking to a uh, to my doctor a couple months ago. Um, he was asking me about my allergies, which I don't have, and then he was talking about how lucky I am not to get, have allergies because the 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 rule is. If you don't have allergies in Austin, you just haven't lived here long enough, like, yeah. you will get them. Like, our friend Nathan Zellner, uh, who used to work at Rooster Teeth, he developed allergies, like, 15 years after living here or something. Um, and he was explaining to me, I didn't understand it, but it has something to do with, like, airflow and how, like, two different, um, 
I guess biospheres or uh, biomes. Biomes, sorry, <laughs> biospheres. Two different biomes basically converge on Austin, uh, like on 35, and so it like dumps a lot of uh, allergens from both sides in, and it mm. makes like a perfect storm for cedar fever and shit. Huh. But, yeah, that was all the fucking cedar everywhere. Are you are you, uh, are you covered in aphid jizz right now? Uh, luckily, I have a garage, so it hasn't God, been that bad. Not, man. But man, yeah, it's funny. I feel like I see I see a post in the Austin subreddit every now and then where people are like, "What's this sticky stuff on my car in the morning?" It's like, "Oh, you haven't lived here very long, have you?" And of course, people are like, "Oh, it's tree sap." And like, no, nope. nope, that is not tree sap. That is aphid sex. It uh, there's like I have like some xeriscaping in my yard, and by the by a tree where all the aphids hang out, the rocks. Uh, under the tree are a entirely different color than the rest of my yard. Yeah. It's really like noticeable and weird and gross. My old place I lived at over on the east side, uh, I just had a driveway and I had, used to have to park under trees. And that was the worst because my car would be constantly sticky mm-hmm. uh, from, uh, from aphids all the time. It's nasty. It's terrible. It's, it's, it's shocking how sticky that stuff is. And just everywhere. Everywhere. Like pervasive. Perverts. Pervasive perversion. <laughs> uh, we were talking the other day. Uh, we were reminiscing. So we sometimes, believe it or not, we reminisce uh, without a microphone in front of us. It's true. And we were reminiscing about uh, when you went down. You went down and visited the the town I grew up in down uh, out on the border, like years, like twenty years ago. I mean, I, I went there a bunch, but yeah. yeah but I'm trying to think. Of the last time was we, like it was like a, about a three year window, and it was probably 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it, it's funny how different the world is now compared to back then. I remember, uh, I think when you went back there, it was still pre 9 11. Yes. And so you got to experience going to Mexico and coming back to the United States without needing a passport, like just walking across the bridge, <laughs> paying like a quarter or a dime, and then walking back and be like, yeah, I'm an American citizen. I live here. Couldn't have been easier to get in and out of. <laughs> we have a bunch, there's a bunch of stories from that time frame if you want to get into them. Um, the very first time I crossed that bridge with you, we're walking into Mexico and you're like explaining it all to me. I think your mom might have been with us. I don't remember. We were walking um, across, yeah. But we were walking across into into Piedras Negras yep. is the name of the town from Eagle Pass into Piedras Negras. And I was looking at the river and, and I was like, so this is like the river that like people cross illegally. And you're like, it happens all the time. And I'm like, really? And he's like, dude, you see it all day long. And then Gus looks to the left and he goes, oh, like those guys right there. And I swear to God, there were like three dudes that just had all their clothes yep. on their on their heads, and they were like swimming across. And they were just like it was like border patrol waiting for them on the other side, just letting them swim across, and they just picked them up. It was funny because walking like across two in the afternoon with you that time, and you asking about it was eye opening for me because having grown up there, it was like nothing to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like sure. yeah, that's the river and that's Mexico, and yeah, you go across. It's like no big deal. But you were there, and you were. I remember you were like, so this is the border. Like we're crossing into another country. It's like. Yeah, I guess so, right? Like yeah. it's just like, oh yeah. I mean, it's it was like not a big deal to me having done it for so long. It was like, oh yeah, I guess it is kind of crazy that we're just walking across into another country, huh? We went across, and uh, we ate at the restaurant where nachos were invented. Modernos. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's not there anymore. They closed down, I think, like ten years ago. Uh, but yeah, like it's it's weird to think that. For a while, nachos didn't. For a long time, nachos did not exist as a food. Yeah. Then one day, some dude was like, "I'm gonna make them," and they're named after him. Like nacho is a slang; it's a nickname for Ignacio. Yeah. So it's like because it was nacho special, and it just became nachos. It's like people know it's like there was a dude named Ignacio, nicknamed Nacho, who 
made them like one day because it's like all the shit he had in the kitchen. And I'm I'm sad to hear that the place is gone because it was a very nice restaurant mm-hmm. and very good food. It was like, like they had. It seemed to me. It always seemed to me like they had renovated it and made it really nice at some point in the mid '70s, and then not touched it again. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like kind of holding on to that old, yeah. uh, that old glory, that old charm from the mid '70s, and uh, they just they just kind of really went with it. They had a really nice bar there too. You all also took me to. You and your mom had a lot of fun with me back in those days. Like. You got me to eat a lunch, a bunch of beef cheeks without telling me what it was. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's good though. It was great. It was great. And then you took me to a, is it called a panteria or like a like a place where they make like bread and bakery and yeah, stuff? Yeah, like a bakery. Yeah, close yeah. enough. Well, how, how do they say it? Panaderia. Panaderia. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and I was eating it and I was like, it's really good. I've never tasted anything like this in America. Like it's it tastes different. And you and your mom kept laughing at me and laughing at me. And I'm like, I don't know I, what is it that's different about it. And then you showed me that like. The ladies would use the dough to like wipe the sweat off their face, <laughs> and they were like, "That's the special, special ingredient. It's like sweat." It's good though. It creeped me out after, but the food was fucking it's great. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it, I remember, wow. you know, um, Frank moved over, moved uh, to Eagle Pass uh, when we were in high school, and you know, I had lived there for years. And I remember one of the first times, you know, we took Frank over. It was me and uh, my other friend Ruben and Frank. We were probably like. I don't know, 14, 15, walked over to Mexico. And, you know, Frank was just, his first time there, he's like, oh, like, I want to try all the food, like getting all the fruit from street vendors and just eating all kinds of stuff. I remember like partway through the day over there, I'd be like, hey, wait a minute. Is Frank going to get sick from this? <laughs> like, he's, he's never been here. Like, oh, I, was, no. I remember I was like, we cut our trip short. I remember I was like, we should probably head back just to be <laughs> safe, just in case. Uh, I don't think he did end up getting sick or anything, but I was like, oh, you might not be used to this stuff. You might, yeah, you might, maybe we, we, we jumped into it with a little too much abandon. Another thing that I, the, uh, a memory that really sticks out to me, because um, it's just so funny and ludicrous, and it was so funny to you, uh, was one of those trips we drove over and uh, spent the night, it might have been the night we ate at Madero's, but I don't think so, because I don't remember your mom being with us, but I think we just spent the night going to restaurants or bars yeah. or something, and then we drove back across the border in your car. Oh, God. And we got stopped, and they're like, what are you, you guys been drinking? What are you doing? And we're like, Gus like, you know, we're American citizens, we're coming back, and he's like, okay, where have you been? But, and Gus goes, because uh, Gus's dad is a game warden. Small town. Small town. And Gus goes, uh, my father is uh, Gustavo Sorolla, the game warden. And the guy goes, pull over there, get out of the car. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Border Patrol. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm remiss to say this on this podcast, but having grown up on a border town and lived there for so long, Border Patrol are assholes. Don't give them a fucking inch. Uh, I grew up in San Diego. I 100% agree with you. Yeah, but so, isn't your so, stepdad a Border Patrol yeah. agent? <laughs> and you don't, like him. Don't give, but I'm talking about like in an official capacity, okay. dealing with them, like doing inspections. Don't give them a fucking inch. So it's like, I, I did not want to pull over for inspection. I don't want to go through a secondary. I don't want to answer a fucking question about what I'm doing, especially back then in the pre-passport <laughs> days. So it was like, I'm, I'm definitely going to try anything I can do to get out of having to talk to them or explain anything to them because I don't owe them a fucking answer for anything. So in the episodes you weren't in, I don't remember which one it was, one of the most recent non-canonical episodes. 
that are super canonical. Uh, Eric was ta- we were talking about you, and Eric was talking about how all, all the useful advice you gave him when he started producing here. And I was like, well, that's some of it. And he was like, well, the big one is don't give him an inch. Apparently, you have one piece of advice, <laughs> and it just applies to all situations. Don't, don't. Well, you remember that it was the same way. We talked about this before on this podcast when we were doing commercials back in the day. It was always good cop, bad cop. Who's going to be the one that says it's possible? Yeah. And who's going to be the one that says, no, all of this is impossible? Always set expectations low so that you exceed them. Um, whenever you leave, I don't know if a lot of people know this. If you haven't traveled around the border, this I'm not sure how much common knowledge this is, but there's a, a zone along the United States border mm-hmm. where when you are departing that zone, there's checkpoints in the United States that you have to cross. I don't know if you remember this. Like When you're leaving the highways away from the border about 30 miles in, you have to stop again, and there's another Border Patrol checkpoint, and they're, they do the same shit. You know, who are you? Where are you going? Yeah. What are you doing? Why do you have to answer that in the United States? And I had the same attitude at those checkpoints, too. No, yeah. And they, they would do the same thing, where they would pull you over. They'd be like, pull over. We're going to do a secondary inspection of your vehicle. And I... N- <laughs> Like, I had a lot more time to waste when I was young. <laughs> so I would never consent to those. So if they ever pulled me over for secondary inspection, I would always get out of my car, lock it, and sit on the trunk. And they'd come over and be like, we want to look through your car. And I'd be like, no. Wow. Yeah, and they'd be like, you know, do you not consent to a search of your vehicle? No. Are you hiding anything? No. Then why won't you consent? Because I don't want you looking through my car. And, of course, you know, they go and they huddle up and they come back and they're like, well, we can bring a dog. And you have to wait here until the dog gets here. And it might be two or three hours. I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. I'll sit here and I'll wait. And they go back and huddle again. They come back like, all right, yeah, you can go. They don't want to wait either. Yeah. Uh, But it's like having lived there for so long, it's just you get sick of your daily life being interfered with on that level. To the point where, like, why as an American citizen do I have to explain what I'm doing when I'm not doing anything wrong. Oh, dude, I no, you you are 100% correct. You are so, you have been so you your entire yeah, life. And I, I was, was going to say, you know that about me, especially yes. when I was younger. I have a, I had a very, I had a much stronger anti-authority streak yes. in me. And if anyone tried to tell me what to do, I mean, that was the sure way to get me to shut down mm-hmm. and just like dig my heels in. I've mellowed out a lot, <laughs> but man, when I was younger with time to waste, forget about it. It's and it really is obnoxious. Like, I mean, I understand it serves some sort of a purpose, but like, you know, I vacation sometimes in Big Bend or, or Marfa out west, and you have to go through like three of those checkpoints just getting to Marfa in yeah. the middle of fucking America, and you're like, just like I okay, uh, and I think I'm just, you know, I'm just on the, I'm just on I-10, yeah, you know. And I think you know, lately you see a lot of border security, like really in the news, right? Like, oh, so and so is responsible for the border being insecure, or like this is a a disaster. It's like, man, I mean, people have been crossing forever. Yep. I mean, this is just the way it's always been. Like, I don't, it's, I feel like it's always people who don't have firsthand knowledge and who haven't been there and who don't, who have not spent any time in that area, who are always trying to talk about it like it's a problem and they've got a solution for it. It's like, man, if you talk to the people who are there, you get a totally different feel for it. You know, there's yeah. really a, a symbiotic relationship between the two countries. And I just think it's, it's so, heavily politicized it makes i don't know it it like really bums me out to see um especially you know my family having come from mexico uh i don't know maybe i'm too close to the situation i I just feel were your parents both born so it's complicated um my my dad was born in mexico my mom was born in the united states but my mom's side of the family lived where they lived for so long. They lived there back when it was Mexico. Okay. The border. Are you serious? Yeah, the border moved across them, and that part of the family still largely lives like they're in Mexico. It's just like a technicality that now they live in the United States. Like they all speak Spanish. They all still keep all the Mexican traditions. Just 
they've been American citizens since 1836 or so. And and what? Where is that? <laughs> uh, it's down in the valley. Okay. Uh, small towns you've never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we did a documentary about it uh, on Rooster Teeth. If you're a Rooster Teeth first member, I recommend you check it out. Um, was it was it a dividing line or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. Um, it, it's really interesting. We talk specifically about like my family's history and. Uh, a lot about that border stuff and, uh, you know, what's going on at the border. Uh, it's funny watching that now and thinking about the, that documentary now because I feel like I was a lot more middle of the road in talking in that documentary, and I'm a lot more extreme in my viewpoints now than I was Well, you ha- when you're doing a documentary, you have to be objective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to be objective about it. Now I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, much more... I'm back to old Gus. I'm much more digging my heels in uh, <laughs> in the way I feel about it. But, yeah, I think... Um, all of that stuff's really interesting. Uh, nowadays, it's totally different. I don't know if you've uh, been back to Mexico. Well, I don't know if you've driven across or walked across no. the border back since then. But now, you know, you got to show passports. It's a lot more uh, strict. It's a lot more like going to another country now. I assume that whenever we go get your baseball cards from the storage facility, we'll take a trip oh, into Mexico. My mom's coming up this weekend. I should ask her if maybe she can bring those cards up. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'll talk to her. I'll talk to, I'll talk to her later today and see if she can bring okay. those up. Because uh, that would be much easier than going down there <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> just to absolutely. go get baseball cards. And you hate going to Eagle Pass. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a great place. I got, I've gotten some shit from people who say, like, that 20,000, you know, it was a town of about 20,000 people. That 20,000 is not a small town. Listen, it's, one, pre-internet, that was tiny. Mm-hmm. And two, the next closest town of any size is San Antonio, which was a two-and-a-half-hour drive away. Yeah. It's like... 20,000 people in the middle of nowhere with no internet, that was tiny. Um, it, it doesn't sound small, but it was really, really yeah, it's not like, small. It's not like there's a, I don't know, is there an Eagle Pass airport? Can you fly in there's the Eagle Pass? There's a Maverick County airport. Uh, it's not in, so there used to be an airport. I don't know if you remember, in Eagle Pass, there's that lake. The people always go and hang out at the lake. We never, I never, I don't think I, I ever don't, took you there, yeah. but like kind of in the middle of town, there's a lake. And when I was growing up there, there was a small runway there where like little single engine planes could land. Uh, they closed that down, and now there's an airport just outside of town. And, uh, you know, I've got my pilot license. I've been flying for a little while. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have software that you can use to, like, look up maps and different airports and whatnot. The Eagle Pass Airport is the only airport I've ever looked at that says the runway's in poor condition. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it says uh, the pilots say that there's grass growing up <laughs> in the runway Oof. and that uh, overall it's very dilapidated. So, yes, there is one, but it's not like you could book an American Airlines flight there or something. Gotcha. Uh, it's... Uh, not in very good, not in very good shape. How is uh, the piloting going? Good, good. Um, How often are you flying? I try to fly twice a week. Uh, Jesus, really? I didn't realize it was that much. Me yeah. neither. That's crazy. Uh, I was I, I, like twice a month. No, no, my schedule changes sometimes, so I don't. You know, I'll always get to. That's my goal. It's yeah. Twice a week, but can't always necessarily keep that up. What's the furthest you've flown now? Uh, the other day, I flew down. I wanted to see the Gulf Coast, so I flew down to Port Lavaca and back. Uh, really? Yeah, it it takes an hour to fly to Port Lavaca. Are you by yourself at this yeah. point? Really? Yeah. And you're just renting a plane, yeah. or you just rent it by the hour or yeah. something? Uh, yeah. There's like a meter inside that like measures engine time. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And yeah, you pay based on whatever the meter says. So what does it cost to fly down to Port Lavaca and back? Uh, so found down to Port Lavaca and back. It was like two hours. It's about the plane I normally flies about 135 an hour. And then do you you land, I take it, and at an airport down there? Yeah. Or do you just and you just go get lunch or I didn't, something? I or? didn't get out of the plane. I just wanted to see the Gulf Coast, so I just okay. like landed, then immediately took off again. Have you flown with your wife yet? 
No. <laughs> she initially she said that she would never fly with me because she thinks those uh, single engine planes are death traps. Mm -hmm. uh, she softened her stance a little bit. She says she wants to eventually. She just wants me to get some more practice first. I took uh, my father-in-law for a flight yesterday, actually. Oh, really? It was, my, it was my first time having a passenger. How'd it go? Good, good. Just like flew like from the airport out to like Lake Travis and then like around downtown and then back to the airport. Like an hour. That's exciting. Yeah. So that means it's opened up for uh, me or Jordan to fly with you. Well, Blaine, like you're saying, my hand's already raised, man. <laughs> well, Blaine said he wants to be second. Uh huh. And then after that, yeah. Blaine, Blaine. wants to be. Can you for the, 108 years? The only reason Blaine wants to be second, and I'll give him this, I like his reason. He wants to be. He wants to be my passenger before Chris Damaris. Yes. So like, okay. since, since his motivation is spite, That's I respect fair. That's that. Fair. That's no, fair. Like, okay. He also says he won't get sick. Or whatever, <laughs> like he's like really taking a hard stance that like, I guess people could get sick in these planes. Yeah, it's like you, you think you're you, you're used to flying if you've uh -huh. been in a big plane. It's a totally different experience. Like in a small single engine plane, you get bumped around quite a bit depending on the day. And when I first started training, I was concerned I was going to vomit a few times. And I'm always worried taking someone yeah. up. Uh, like when I took my father-in-law up, I stashed like some barf bags where he couldn't see. Like I don't want to put it in his head. Yeah, yeah, that yeah he's going to yeah, barf, yeah. but I had like some within arm's reach just in case. Uh, he, he started feeling bad, uh, and Blaine is like taking a hard stance that no, oh, he will not vomit. A hard stance, so that I, he will not vomit. I am going to make it the roughest ride possible. <laughs> I'm going to be like, yeah, dude, eat up. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be second or third, or I don't want to be in a line. I don't care. Right. I just, I just want to fly to Vegas with you someday. Oh, dude, okay, that would be a well, wow. That'd be a long. That, that takes a while. Yeah. You and I will go for a weekend in Vegas. It, I'll tell you, that's easy, it's easier to fly commercial if you want to do I'll that. I'll fly commercial and I'll meet you guys there. Yeah. That's fine. That would be, uh, that'd probably be, I mean, shit, we'd have to stop probably for gas twice. Okay. We're looking it up. This is good. You're not, you're not dissuading me. No. This is like, uh, this is a really different episode of this podcast. Gus is looking up like flight information and stuff. <laughs> Usually it's like, oh, you know, we reminisce or whatever. Yeah. We're doing like future planning. If, I really like this. If I flew the plane I normally fly, like a single engine Cessna, it's yeah. an eight hour flight. Okay. 135 I mean, it's, an hour. it's all about the experience, man. I mean, we had to come back. And so it's, back. 16, it's 16 hours, dude. Oh, well, let's do it's, it like... It's never economical to fly <laughs> that way compared it. to like commercial. Let's, let's do it like like when you rent a car at the airport and then you leave it at the other airport. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll fly commercial. No, no, no. You can't do that. That doesn't exist. <laughs> you're like, you're, your plane's in Vegas. You're like... <laughs> You've already come back and you're shaking the guy's hand. Where's the plane? That's oh, Vegas. Vegas. That's, that's Vegas. It's fucking expensive. Still, I'll pay the extra hundred bucks <laughs> or whatever. Oh man, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, no, it's, it's, it never makes uh, sense from a dollar perspective sure, to do I'm it that sure. to do it that way. It's more about the fun and the experience. Yeah. Right. Um, oh man, I did not expect to be looking that stuff up. I thought that was great. That's a really yeah. different kind of take on this episode. <laughs> well, a little, we, little, we can we can get out of the present and the future and head back to the past if you want. Now for a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. We've all been there. Uh, you're facing a problem, and uh, your brain just kind of like gets stuck on focusing on problems instead of solutions, and they kind of seem insurmountable at times. And maybe you know if you just had approached it with a more with a different mindset, let's say, uh, you know, maybe things would have would have turned out a little different. You know, it can be really tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. It happens to all of us. Uh, but when you learn how to find your own solution, there's no better feeling. And a therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. And I think that uh, it's it's a great thing for if anyone wants to to try therapy to help, uh, you know, get that different insight or a different 
perspective on a problem that may be uh, in front of you. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. When you want a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash anma today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash anma, A-N-M-A. Get 10% off your first month. Sunglasses season is in full swing. There's no better option than our friends over at Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair I've ever worn. Uh, Durable frames, extremely clear polarized lenses for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all eyewear. Every pair is backed by a lost and broken replacement. Uh, If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they're going to have your back long after your purchase. Uh, They also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. They've donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades. Feel good by making an impact. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Uh, Just for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Uh, Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code ANMA for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shade's rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Again, that's ShadyRays.com. Use code ANMA for 50% off two pairs or more of sunglasses. What do do you got on your phone there, Eric? Um, Okay, so I have a bunch of future topics that you guys had. I'm just going to run down the list, and you guys can grab uh, if there's one that you want. Uh, camping out for Star Wars Episode oh, 1. Oh, that's actually, we should talk about that. Yeah. Th- that, okay. All right. Done. <laughs> Let me take that one off the list. Okay. So you, you, something in the news has been making you think about this lately. Yes. So uh, Queen Elizabeth died, and there are... What? Pe- <laughs> I, don't wanna, I hate to break it to you. Uh, dude, she... Interesting story. Queen Elizabeth died uh, while Eric and Gavin and I... Literally in the middle of hitting baseballs, where you know I do that thing on the face podcast. Did you kill her? I pre-sign baseballs yeah. by hitting them with a bat covered in paint, and she was alive when we started, and then she was deceased when we stopped. And so somewhere in the process of hitting those two hundred baseballs, she passed away. So you hit one right when she died. Could be it's possible. G- Gavin, or I swung out. Gavin was saying, "I wonder how many were hit while she was alive, and how many were hit after she died." Oh. And it's like I hadn't even considered that that would be a thing. Collectors' yeah. items. Yeah, right. I'm just, I'm just glad we were there with Gavin. <laughs> yeah, he, he was inco- inconsolable. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. to a king. What, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, but she died, and it's a it's major news, right? Major news. Uh, I was thinking about it. We're probably only going to... In our lifetime, there will probably only be one more monarch death. That'll yes. probably be King Charles yes. when he passes eventually. And then William will probably William, outlive us. And we, he'll outlive us. Yeah. yeah I so, think so. like, it'll be this one and then one more and then that's it. And then we're dead. Dude, I was reading some, some crazy facts about her. Uh, I think she was... I think LBJ was president when she became... Is that right? No. She, she, <laughs> when she, or no, it was a Truman. It was Truman. It was Truman. <laughs> it Truman was president. Earlier, yeah. Truman was president when she uh, was inaugurated. Uh, so what, Biden is the 46th president, and I think she was queen for 14 of the U.S. presidents. Th- uh, is- yeah, she was queen, I read, for 30% of all U.S. presidents. Can you believe that? That's crazy. A third of all U.S. presidents. Crazy. Yeah, um, when, when she became queen, I think Churchill was the prime minister. That's wild. Yeah, she's had 15 prime ministers, I think. so long. Uh, So, anyway, so uh, she died, sadly, and um, people have been queuing up to to visit with her, right, and to see her, the the coffin. Um, 
and people were saying they're saying people were in line for like 12, 15 hours. Longer. I saw longer. Like 24 like, hours. Yeah. yeah. And I was listening to a radio program this morning, and they asked, like, what's the longest you've ever queued up for something and why? And a lot of it was Star Wars related, actually, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, people were calling in. And that reminded me that you and I once camped out for two days yeah. to see a really mediocre film. <laughs> that's being very generous to the film. I, that's, <laughs> a film that I camped out for 48 hours for in a tent on concrete. So that I could fall asleep in the pod racer scene. Yeah. I was so bored. We, yeah, we camped out at the Metropolitan Theater, which is just south of here. Yeah, just south of here, off, right off of 35. And uh, I remember we got there. It's not like we were the only people camping. Like, there was already a line. Our camping spot was behind the theater. Yeah. We got there two days early, and we were, we must have been like 100th in line because we it wrapped around the it, building. It wrapped all the way around. We were back. And we were there for, a while. I don't remember. Oh, I think Bur Bernie would bring us breakfast every day. Yeah. So in in so we'd get him a ticket. We got tickets for like some of the call center people we worked with. Yeah. Um, we weren't the only people camping out, but we were the only people doing it right. Yeah. Eric, it was brilliant. We brought a tent. Uh -huh. We set it up. Then we Gus actually befriended one of the employees who worked there. Believe it or not, I made a friend who would let us go in. He would open up the back door for us, and we could come in and watch movies for free, and no then go way. back to our camping spot. That's how I, that's how I saw Go. Yeah, Frank, <laughs> uh, and, and and we saw Go for free, and I, I still don't think it was worth it. It was it was a good Gus movie. I like no, it's, it. it's not. I a good fucking movie. It's hate a good that movie. Film. No, it's not. Uh, Gus was way into it. It's really good. Uh, but what really what was really cool was those employees who we befriended, who thought we were funny or whatever, and uh, we joked around with, let us run an extension cord into the theater. Damn. So we had an we had an extension cord running into our into our uh, uh, tent. tent, and then we called Frank and had him bring a tiny TV and a PlayStation. And so we spent two days, and we had a cooler full of beer. Oh, yeah. Bernie would bring us Taco Cabana, and we sat and. I remember for hours and hours we played Bushido Blade. Bushido Blade, yeah. Like wow. way into the night, and people would come over and be like, "Can you turn it down?" Because <laughs> we're too. <laughs> Fuck no. Or they'd come in and be like, "Can I play?" Yeah. And so we'd let one or two people come in and play Bushido Blade else was for like a, a minute. Because remember, there were no smartphones or anything. Everyone else was like a chump with like a deck of cards. Yeah. We had a PlayStation and a TV. That's so awesome. And uh, and every once in a while, somebody would kick the plug on accident, and we'd yeah. have to go plug it back in. Uh, but uh, we probably saw like four or five free movies. I don't remember any other movie that we saw besides Go. I know we did, but I remember what else was playing at that time. I'm close. If you give me some time, I can tell you. I can tell you what a couple of them. Oh, uh, Super Troopers, I think was one of them. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah. I think it might have been. Because I, I had no idea what the movie was. I had no desire to see it, but it was free. It was and free I was like, let's just go into this. And it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and it was way better than Star Wars, turns out. <laughs> and, and I remember another big deal was... Uh, we didn't know if you could drink booze or not, but we said, fuck it, we'll just see if they kick us out. And we were hammered the entire yep. time. And our goal was we bought our tickets with beers in our hands. Yes. And that was like a big we deal succeeded. to us. So at, when we were like 23. Yeah. Awesome. It was a big deal to us in our early 20s. We thought that was super cool. And then we get to go to the movie, and it was such a fucking letdown. Yep. Yeah. I knew we were in... When, when Qui-Gon swims under the water <laughs> to go in and to the Gungan Palace yeah. or whatever, I remember thinking like, Oh, we have miscalculated. Yeah. Well, it was a big deal. You know, there had been no new Star Wars since Jedi. Yeah. Since, um, yeah. Three. Yeah, I guess. a long time. There was, a, like, a lot of real huge hype for that movie. Like, I mean, like you said, you know, we camped out for two days. We weren't the only people. We showed up two days early, and we were still, like, 100th in line. The line wrapped around the theater. We yeah. were at the very back. I don't know, like, I don't, you, know, you will obviously never see 
a spectacle like that again just because the world's changed like now even if there was a movie that huge you just order your ticket online yeah it's like you're just at home you're like oh like the website's crashing well that's the thing that like so when all the Marvel movies were at, I, I guess it was in like phase three when they mm-hmm. were at their height and it was people were camp, like not camping out, but like setting alarms yeah. on their phones and shit to be able to log into the app to get a ticket the second they go on sale. Like that was Jack. Jack's always like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see first show first day. And I appreciate that and respect it. But he would always, and he would always be like, are you going to go see, you know, I don't know, uh, Captain America two. And I'm like, I'll see it eventually. Yeah. And or, or, and he's like, no, you're not gonna be able to get tickets for like weeks. Gonna be weeks. I I I had to set an alarm for 3 a.m. for the second they went on sale to get up, and I still barely got tickets. And I would always go like, I bet I can get a ticket right now at the same show. Yeah. And you always just log into your phone and be like, oh, there's one seat available. Let's get that. <laughs> and it would always be so crestful. I'd be like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> it's just not the same. Yeah, no, it's no. just not it's, the same. You don't have to work that hard anymore. And I appreciate that. I don't. I don't yeah, have I don't, the energy to, to do that who anymore. Who wants to do that? <laughs> I'm an old man now. I'm not going to fucking go camp out on the concrete. My back would be wrecked for weeks if I had to do that again nowadays. And they haven't released a new Bushido blade in years. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I don't remember any other game we played. I know we, oh, we, probably, we probably took Puzzle Fighter as well. Probably, but, yeah, yeah. But I know we played a fuck ton of Bushido. I didn't even own whose Bushido blade was that? It was I didn't, Frank's? Was it? Maybe. <laughs> I didn't own Bushido blade. Yeah, I didn't either. But I just remember it was like it was just like quick, easy fights. Yeah, it was fun. So is that is that the longest you guys have ever camped out? Then it was forty eight hours. How, oh, like how long? Longest I've waited in line. Okay. Yeah, yeah, waited in line for sure. Um, I oh. wouldn't wait in like ten minutes now. If I walk into a restaurant yeah. in Austin and I go and they go, oh, there's a wait, and I go, what's the wait? And if it's longer than three minutes, I'm like, okay, longer. That's I'll go great. Home. Yeah. They usually say about two minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, normally they say fifteen, twenty minutes, and 45 they, sit, they minutes. seat you five minutes later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like you, by the time you get in your car and drive somewhere else, you've Wasted that no, same I know. Amount of but time. what about like in the '90s? Oh, we were talking about getting tickets or whatever. I remember people going to—I don't know if it was a thing out here, like warehouse, where you would go and get in line for Ticketmaster tickets to go see Pearl Jam mm-hmm. in like '94 or '95. Is that something that like you guys did or no? Were you like concert tickets, waiting I, in line, camping out type guys? I was no? no, I never really went to concerts. Well, I don't very know that frequently. concerts came through Eagle Pass. You no, know, so. there were no concerts <laughs> Eagle Pass. I, we talked about how I went to the Lilith Fair here. I don't remember how I That's, bought that. I was listening to Tori Amos the other day, and I went, "Gus must have seen this live." <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how I bought that ticket. Honestly, I must. It must have been in person somewhere. I have no memory of buying that ticket. I no no. You probably you probably went to Waterloo Records and bought it there. I probably did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I loved music that much, but I just didn't like music that that rated waiting. Like, nobody was yeah. waiting in line to see the Subhumans or, like, you know, whatever band I was into. So right. it didn't matter. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, when you ask about, like, the longest you've been camping, um, I, I've definitely, I've been, cam- I've been, like, out camping, like, in the woods for, like, a week before. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that's, like, when I was younger. I would, believe it or not, I was a Boy Scout for many years. And I grew up, like like we said, kind of in a rural area. So, like, I used to go camping and hunting and fishing and, like, all that shit, uh, which is a very different life than what I lead uh, nowadays. Uh, (laughs) I was in an organization as well that did a lot of camping, uh, the Army. And we would camp for sometimes four four months at a time. (laughs) It was fucking sucked. (laughs) I really hated it. Um, You're talking talking about being a Boy Scout and camping and... and, um uh, hunting and stuff. Uh, one of the notes that I have for future topics just says Gus cleaning gun. No, we're not 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 yet. We're not there yet. Not we're not, we're yet? not there yet. Not today. Uh, wow. So I, I I grew up 
with uh, firearms quite a bit. I will set the stage a little bit so we can talk about this eventually sure. down the road. Um, I fired my first gun when I was five. And I was given my first gun for my ninth birthday. Uh, I remember uh, getting that gun. Was it a little twenty-two? It? it was a twenty-two rifle. Yeah. Uh, kept it for, loved that gun. Kept it for a long time. Eventually, someone broke into our house and stole it. Oh my god! Um, but uh, like, I grew up around. What are the chances it was a family member? Low. Okay. Low. Okay. Uh, valid question, but low. Great question. Um, but I grew up around guns for for years you know fired them all the time you know from a young age went out hunting and was have been very familiar with them for a long time which i think is something you would be shocked if you didn't know that about me it, it doesn't it doesn't fit with uh with the way you think about me nowadays that being said uh i think we're way too obsessed with it in this country mm-hmm. uh, i think we have some kind of serious problem with these uh we have a i don't know i don't know what's yeah. wrong with us uh but yeah i have owned guns for Many, many years. Similarly, uh, I grew up in Alabama mostly, and uh, guns are a part of everyday life. Hunting is a part of everyday life. I never connected with it as a kid. I was the sensitive kid who wanted to read books and uh, collect baseball cards. Uh, I had a horrendous experience with a shotgun when I was about 15 uh, that scared, scared me off guns for a while. Um, I was at home with my mom one night on a, like a Sunday night. I remember my dad, my dad was... Uh, going to night school at the time. He, he, he went back and got his college degree like in his 40s, which was really cool. And uh, so he was at school one night and we had like a 12 gauge shotgun and uh, it was just in their bedroom. And I was in my bedroom uh, watching TV or listening to Metallica or whatever dumb shit I was doing. Jerking off. Jerking off. And uh, my mom came in and she was white as a sheet and she said, he's trying to kill me. And I go, what? And she goes, there's a man at the door. He's trying to kill me. Save me. And I go, what? And she goes, help. And then she grabbed the shotgun and just put it in my hands. Oh, my God. And I'd never fired it. I didn't know how to hold the shotgun. I, I really had never fucked with a shotgun because I wasn't keen on guns. Uh, and, then, uh, and then I ended up spending five years in the military, and I shot guns constantly and learned that I really don't like guns. I have no problem with guns. I'm happy that people uh, gun ownership is a thing. I, I totally agree it's a right. Uh, I have no qualms with guns. I do agree with Gus that we're way too obsessed with guns in America. But whatever, man. I'm, a, I'm too obsessed with basketball cards. So, what, you know, I mean, my basketball cards probably aren't going to kill anybody, but... <laughs> You'd be surprised. Paper cuts are rough, you know? You get a chrome card just right, fucking slice the jugular. Uh, those things are thick. Uh, but anyway, so she shoves the shotgun in my hand, and she and I go. What had happened was uh, we lived near some woods, and a lot of vagrants would hang out in the woods and stuff. And I guess some homeless guy or somebody came up, looked through the front door, a little picture window in the front door, saw my mom like folding laundry in the living room, grabbed, started shaking the door to try to get in. So she ran in. She handed me the gun. She goes, "He's in. He's trying to get in the living room." And I, I ha- I'm holding the gun, and I look around the corner from my bedroom into the living room to see. And while I'm doing that, the shotgun goes off oh. in my hands because I'm, like, shaking. And I blow a hole through my door into my bedroom, through the carpet, and into the fucking subfloor like a trench. Yeah. And uh, I just I dropped the gun, and I was like, oh, my God. I must have scared the holy hell out of the dude who was trying to get in the house because he fucking took off. Cops come. It's a whole thing. Um, I had this really shitty uncle after that who uh, we went to visit him up in Birmingham, and he took me into his house, and he goes, uh, he took me into the living room, and he goes to the fireplace, and he goes, 
you see what's not above the fireplace right now? And I go, no. And he goes, well, you see what the, what, there's a rack there. What do you think that holds? And I was like, I don't know, a gun. And he goes, yeah, I took it away because you don't know how to handle guns. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, no you know? kidding. And, he, and I was like, what an asshole, man. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, that scared me off of guns for a long time. Uh, and, and I stay scared. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. I, yeah, I could see uh, <laughs> why you would, uh, why you'd be uh, hesitant to handle them after that. Yeah. I hit a bowling ball. It, it, it chipped a bowling ball. Oh, uh, as well. It was on the ground. Is that why you're off bowling now? No, no. It wasn't my good bowling ball, so it wasn't a big deal. It was my cheap, my first bowling ball, so it didn't matter. But I also had a 55-gallon aquarium, and it went under the table where the aquarium was. I can't imagine if I'd hit that aquarium. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. That, that's my bad gun story. That's a hell of a bad gun story. Well, bad gun stories can be way worse. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. No, no, so for sure. For, for sure. a bad gun story, that's not bad. Yeah, nobody got hurt. Yeah, that's uh, nobody got hurt. the best possible outcome for that. Um, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. yeah, I had a shotgun. I had a 20-gauge shotgun for a while when I was a teenager. Like, 12-gauge seems uh, pretty strong. Yeah, anyway. Excessive? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, that, I mean, that's what you want for home defense. I guess if you're, like, if you know how to use it, that's what you want for home defense. That being said, had... I not blown a hole through my door and floor and hit my bowling ball. I think I might have beat me to death. I don't know. You know, I don't know what was what was head on the other end of that door. Yeah. Never, we never found out. Yeah. So That's good. I've never I've never encountered a situation like that where there's someone trying to break into a house that I'm in or anything like that. I can't imagine how terrifying Dude, that must be. I got another terrifying break-in story. When I, I was uh, I grew up in the '80s, right? So I was a latchkey kid. I was living in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, in this really nice neighborhood. Um, like big, like think like ET, you know, like the mm-hmm. neighborhood that Elliot grew up in. It was very, very reminiscent of that. And uh, I would come home from school, and I was I was a latchkey kid because my mom worked, and my I think I don't know if my stepdad had fucked off at that point or not, but um, he wasn't around. And you walk in your front door, and to the left is the garage, like a door to the garage, and straight in is the house. And I, I got home from school, and the front door was wide open, and I thought that's weird. I guess. My mom came home for lunch or something, but she's not here. She must have forgotten and left the door open. And so I walked through the house, and then I shut the front door, and I was walking to the kitchen to call my mom. And I pick up the phone, and I call my mom, and I hear a bunch of fucking noise in the garage. And I hear, like, a clang. And I go, hey, did you come home for lunch today? And she goes, no. Why? And I go, the front door's wide open. And she goes, I locked it when I left. And I go, yeah, I just heard something in the garage. She goes, get the fuck out of the house right now. So I get out of the house. Uh, she calls the police. They come. I come back in. Uh, the front door was wide open. Somebody was breaking into the house while I went in. Wow. And what that what I'd heard them drop was a tool chest. I think they were going to steal tools or something. And they dropped, like, my stepdad's tool chest and then, like, beat it out the front. I went out the back door as they were going out the front door, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Jesus. Why do you have so many stories like this? I don't know. I just, rem- I don't know. You think it's probably where you grew up? Yeah, the mean streets of Jacksonville, Florida well, that time. Uh, uh, I fucking hate the South, though. Yeah, you know? there you go. And I grew up all over the South, and I can't stand it. <laughs> I, bl- I blame that for a lot of it. Um, yeah. Now, I when I was know. a kid, our house was broken into once. Like I said, you know, my uh, that twenty two rifle got stolen, but we weren't home. Like, and, and that's the only time I remember anyone doing anything. They st- <laughs> I had a coin collection when I was a little kid. They, st- they stole my coin collection. Oh, man. I'm bitter about it to this day. It, it hardened me. It, it, it made me hate people. You know what will make you hate people? Huh. Or I agree with. So, <laughs> speaking of break-ins, uh, at my old house, uh, back when Millie was like five, 
we got the floors redone. Mm -hmm. And so we had to move out of the house for a week and we rented another house while the floors were redone. And then we moved all of our valuable stuff into our, our like bedroom yeah. so they could do the floors. And on like night six or something, uh, somebody kicked the door in and um, you, if you followed Rooster for a long time, you probably heard the story about how I had my identity stolen yeah. and I had to go through secondary screening yeah. coming back into America and I had to have a special password that it was just a fucking nightmare for about 10 years. Um, and they stole my safe with my identity and everything in it. Uh, they stole anything of value in the house. What they also stole was about 18 piggy banks that Millie had full. Oh. Like, it was a thing. You would get Millie a piggy bank every year for her birthday or Christmas. She collected them. We would fill them up. And they stole her entire childhood piggy bank collection. That sucks. And that hurt worse than losing my computer and my TV and all the other stuff, you know? That really fucking bummed me out. That sucks. Yeah. Man, that, that's really shitty. Yeah. Um, yeah, with me, I, I didn't, it's not like I had a ton of coins, but you know, it's like when you're a kid, like you, I don't know, you get fixated on something well, dumb. Well, it's a collection and, too. Yeah. You probably had like coins that were sought after. This was just piggy banks full of nickels and pennies. You yeah. Know? You're, there was more intent to yours. Yeah. Man, kids collect dumb stuff. Yeah, they do. <laughs> what was the dumbest thing you collected when you were a kid? Baseball cards. <laughs> That's not dumb at all. People are, people are multi... People are multimillionaires from collecting baseball cards. We'll see. We'll see when my mom brings some, up the baseball see, cards if I'm a multimillionaire. Some are. Some aren't. <laughs> yeah, yours weren't, but yeah. Um, we're, we're at like 45 minutes-ish or whatever. I do want to talk about the coffee and oh. Um, oh, yeah. Easy Tiger itself. And also uh, Whitney, our uh, barista that was here. Yeah. Who was uh, very nice to us, who Gus knew. Well, no, I, I'd met her before. She used to work at the other uh, location, and I go to the other. That, that's why I th when I think of Easy Tiger, I think of the other one. I go to that other one more often than here. Uh, it's closer to the office. I mean, this is pretty far out of the. This, yeah, this is yeah. far out of the way, and uh, I used to go there all the time. And then she said that she was a fan of Rooster Teeth, and uh, her husband was a big fan. So it was around Christmas time. I asked like what size her husband was. Uh -huh. I, gave, I gave her uh, like a hoodie for her husband. Oh, that's for, cool. For, really for nice. Christmas. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, I guess the. Uh, she works here now. She was really excited to see you guys. Yeah, I was excited to see her. She was lovely. Yeah. Um, Coffee's great. I love. I like Easy Tiger Coffee. I think uh, it's for, a, I mean, what do you call like a bigger coffee house and like a little bit of a chain in Austin? I think it's one of the better cups that I get yeah. in general. I like Easy Tiger more than I like Easy Tiger's coffee. Really? Yeah, I'll give the iced coffee like a seven and a half. I mean. But I love Easy Tiger. I love the food. Mm -hmm. They have, I assume they still have like steak and shit they used to at the one downtown. Uh, the like a steak board, you know, oh, so charcuterie. Good. It, it, yeah, but it was I guess it was like a charcuterie, but it was just like steak. It was just like sliced up steak. I don't know if they have that anymore. And they, they might have gotten rid of really that. Really good pretzels. Yeah, um, the pretzels are good. They have great merchandise. Yeah. Like their their branding is phenomenal, and it's a great Austin success story. It's. It's a place that's easy to take people to if they're not from here. Yeah. And they go like, oh, cool, Austin place. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. Easy Tiger is, a, is definitely cool. Yeah. There's a, a lot of this uh, Tiger iconography. Uh, reminds me of like old Korean folk tales. Um, oh. um, you know, my wife is uh, Korean American. Her parents are from Korea, and I've been over there. And they, uh, like, especially like this guy with like his arms uh, out wide, mm -hmm. uh, makes me think about that. And there's a saying in Korean, like, if someone's bringing up old shit, like, like shit from the past you don't want to talk about anymore. Like this podcast? Yeah. There's a saying that goes, like, the translation's like, why are you talking about the time when Tiger smoked? <laughs> <laughs> it, I'll be honest. If Tiger smoked, it's all I would be talking about. <laughs> I would, br I would bring. Smoking? I would bring it up 
constantly. I guess it's like from old folk tales. Like in the old folk tales, like tigers would hang around smoking. And it's like, so why are you bringing up this old shit? Like, why are you talking about the time when tigers smoked? And like, I always think that's such a funny, like, saying. That's uh, great. It, it's really funny to me. Uh, what, how did you like Korea? It's, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, I think it's really cool. I think when people, like, there's a lot of people go to... East Asian, I think, you know, like Japan is like the place that people go to. Mm -hmm. I think in Korea to a lesser extent. Um, I think it's really interesting going there because of its South Korea's proximity to North Korea. Mm -hmm. You know, Seoul is within artillery range of North Korea. And you can go, I mean, you can go visit the DMZ if you want. And I did. But the thing is, if South Korean citizens cannot visit the DMZ. So it's like if you go visit the DMZ, there are no South Koreans there other than the military. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, if you're an American, you can, but you have to submit your passport to the UN, and they have to background check you in advance uh, to allow you to do it. I could talk about visiting the DMZ. Did uh, you do that? Yeah, I did. I could talk about visiting the DMZ for like an hour. We could do a whole episode about that if you wanted to. So real quick, was Esther not allowed to go with you? She is. She's an American citizen. Oh, right. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even her parents are American citizens. Um, so they were... Even though they immigrated from the, from South Korea, you know they were South Korean citizens. They immigrated; they're American citizens now. So they were like the only South Korean people who were born in South Korea on the tour. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's 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 really interesting and really scary uh, to go to uh, to a place like that. But anyway, that's that's just like one thing. South Korea itself is amazing. Like high speed rail, it's, it's it's surprising what a small country it is. And you get like on the high speed rail, you can go from like Seoul to Busan in just like an hour or two, and it's all. The food's amazing. It's uh, really interesting. I think Japan you go to and it's like, okay, you know, this is kind of cool. You know, lots of signs are in English and you can kind of get by. In South Korea, there's a lot less English mm. uh, and it's a lot more um, trying to find your way. Really? Especially because, because of the proximity to North Korea, uh, Google Maps is not as precise and doesn't have as much detail. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, just because they don't want to put that information out to be publicly available. So South Korea has its own map system, but it's all in Korean. And you have to be a South Korean citizen to register to use it. Oh, my God. So it's like kind of a pain in the ass to get around. It's not like Japan where you're like, oh, yeah, I've got Google Maps and I can get around exactly where I want to go. In South Korea, it's a lot more like, well, it's kind of in that direction. Maybe we'll find it. In, uh, when I was in the Army, so, so from 93 to 98, I don't know if it's still the case, but I suspect it probably is. Getting stationed in Korea was called a hardship tour because you couldn't take your family yeah. uh, because of the environment, you know, because uh, you're there to protect right. the DMZ uh, or at least to, to be a, a force there. Uh, and so it was considered like the worst place to get stationed in the military. Uh, you'd, you'd only go for one year because it was a hardship tour. And I always wanted to go. I was always like, send me to that place. It sounds like yeah. fucking awesome. I want to explore an, a, another country and culture. I never, I never got the chance. It, yeah, I mean, I... I'd recommend it to anyone who's you know interested. Like it, it was, it's it's a really really cool place to visit. Didn't you drink a special drink there that's like half gasoline? We drank. Uh, so you can buy like when you're in the DMZ, you can buy North Korean alcohol. Uh, so we bought some North Korean wine, uh, and it smelled like gasoline, and it had a bunch of sediment and like leaves oh. in it. Uh, it was not good. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, yeah, it was I, I it was bad. It as not good. Uh, but, yeah, when, you know, you, you get on the bus to take you to the DMZ, like, you start, like, obviously not in the DMZ. You get there. They put everyone on a bus, and, like, uh, uh, you can either get taken to the DMZ by the ROK Army or uh, U.S. Army, mm -hmm. depending on the day or whatever. And we were taken by the U.S. Army. 
and like you know everyone gets in you sit down everyone's been screened by this point right it's like yeah. you're at the last possible point in south korea before you enter the dmz and then like once everyone's seated like an american soldier comes in and like stands at the front of the bus and we were going for it we were driving for a little bit before i realized like oh he's not here to protect us he's here to watch us yeah he's like he's turned facing watching everybody on the bus you know with a gun yeah you know not pointed at us or anything but like he's got you know a gun with him just to make sure like no one's going to be starting any shit uh, going out there. You mentioned the the ROK Army. When I was in the U.S. Army, we called them the Rock Army. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if this is widely known. I'm, it probably is. Uh, I just only know it through the filter that I learned it. But um, the uh, the Rock Army, uh, at least among U.S. military, is considered. Those are considered to be the toughest motherfuckers yeah. on earth. Yeah, they like, are. You would never fuck with somebody from the Republic of the Korean Army. Like, they do, they are tough as nails. In, uh, like, hardened, badass motherfuckers. There was a, they developed that reputation, I believe, in uh, in the Vietnam, well, not Vietnam War. Uh, it was always like, the ROK sectors were the most secure sectors. Yeah. Uh, uh, in, in that conflict. Like, they, they do not mess around. They yeah. are fucking serious. Because it's, it's mandatory conscription, and everyone mm -hmm. has yeah. to, see, like, every, uh, you know, male citizen has to serve, I think, like, two years in the ROK Army. And they are, fucking serious about it and i think in the dmc the people they station there it's like the tallest most elite rok soldiers yeah and they intentionally pick the tallest soldiers to put on the dmc to show the north koreans like how much bigger people in south korea are it's like i think you have to be like six feet tall oh really uh, yeah. to be like stationed at, at a dmz post and you look at like you can see the north korean soldiers who are all like really frail and small and then you look at the south korean soldiers like oh no this is they're like tanks yeah this is this is a good comparison here yeah. i can see why you do this <laughs> that's crazy yeah we i mean we can we we, we should talk about okay, that I'll, eventually someday like no, about all the different trips I'll we've put taken it, uh, and yeah. all the places yeah, we've been because sure. you and i have also traveled together uh to a bunch of different places i'll put it on the list traveling yeah. together never went to amsterdam together though never went to amsterdam <laughs> together uh gus what would you rate the coffee um i'd say like a 8.5. Good. Okay. Real good. Uh, I think it's a really nice... Their food is so good. It's what Jeff was saying. Their food is so good that their coffee doesn't have to be great. But yeah. I still think that this is... If I'm looking for something that's better than like a middling cup of coffee, I know I can come here and get the cold brew. I can get the drip. I can get whatever. And it's going to be but a decent cup. Their pastries are also amazing. Oh. Like, this is the only place... Out of every episode... We've Normally every episode before we record, yeah. we go up, we record, or we order... The coffee and go sit down. This is the only place where Eric was like, "Y'all want anything else?" I know. Like, I yeah. struggled with it too. Yeah. I'm starving. The only reason I didn't is because for consistency. We do, we yeah. haven't done that anywhere else. I didn't want to get a, something sweet to, yeah. to offset the coffee here. Um, we we're getting on to time, so we should probably guess the name. Oh yeah, for um, how we do that. Thick Grizz on Twitter says, uh, "Does does it uh, stand for Arts and Entertainment?" No. Oh, I thought that was a. It's so weird. I really like it's, it's, it. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Ray has a guess. Is it me and my best friend, Jeff? <laughs> no, 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 it is not. Ray is in Ray Narvaez? No, that uh, would have been awesome, though. That yeah. would have been great. I can't imagine he would give enough of a shit to... No, I don't no. think he knows this exists. <laughs> yeah, we can go to his house not. and have a cup of coffee, but I don't think he knows uh, we're doing this. Um, anonymous man in Austin? No. Mm -hmm. uh, and then how about an enigma? No. Okay. Well, uh, those are all the guesses. Those are all the good I, I, guesses. I know I've been fucking with you a lot lately. Uh -huh. Just to clarify again, it is all English. I know I messed with you about, about the language. <laughs> you son I, of I, had, I had previously said it was all English, and I kind of fucked with you. Uh, it is English. It is English. There, but and all of those guesses were in English. So okay. just just to be clear. Okay. How about uh, any more Austin? No. No. 
All right, that's all I got. I think that, that's that, all the guesses. Like, like I said, I think I, I don't remember if I said this on Twitter or whatnot, but I felt like the guesses were getting good for a while. Yes. And then they've gotten dog shit, which is why I'm, I'm narrowing down. It's, you're trying it's, to help? It's, it's English. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think the language thing just kind of fucked everyone up for yep. a bit. Let me ask you this. So you said people have gotten close before. Yeah, really close. Has every word been guessed? No. At some point? No. Really? Yeah, no. So there's a word out there that... Has an it starts with an A has an N in it or hasn't starts with an M or an A that hasn't been said yet. At least one word. At least one word. Wow. All right. Okay. When I say people have been close, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're like getting specific words. I mean more like the intent or the thought process okay. leading okay. to it. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, we haven't even been close. Fuck. I know. That's some, some people online have. You two have not. Really? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I still think it's Austin Manana, but you're just yeah. not going to give it up. Uh, no, English. I just said it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Uh, you follow us at Anima Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. See what's going on. Listen to the non-canon episodes of me and Jeff uh, that people had a good time with. Those were fun. That I was did. A, I had a blast. That was a fun like little hour and a half that we just got together and kind of bang something out. Bang that shit out. Yeah, it was a good Easy time. Easy peasy. Um, so uh, thank you guys for listening. And you can subscribe to First and get this a day early. Woo. And uh, you probably got a first gifted thing from Uno. Uh, so if you're going, oh, I can't, oh, yeah, you can just get it a day early. That's fine. Easy to sign up. I think there's a link in the description. Uh, any parting words for the people at home? Um, when you If you visit Austin, go to Easy Tiger. I would. I second that. Tell Whitney we sent you. 